In a weird twist of events during the existence of humankind, we can finally say that Fat Joe and the security market of drones finally have something in common. Simply put, nothing can stop me, I'm all the way up. Welcome to Security Today. This is episode 10, season 1, and I am the industry's all the way up, turned turned up Uncle Bear. That's B-A-E-R. Go ahead and follow me right now on Instagram and Twitter at Uncle B-A-E-R underscore and this podcast on Instagram at Security Today Podcast. Now, if you want to support the podcast through a sponsorship, maybe uh, for next season or something like that, just go ahead and DM me if you got... Like, I don't know if you like some sugar daddy that just want to give me all your money. Um, if you're holding it down and keeping it quality, then I might reach out to you to put you on the next episode as a shout out. So just hold it down on lock and get noted. <laughs> Let's talk about what we're going to talk about. First of all, some dude gets bagged for flying a drone at the Super Bowl. <laughs> Moron. And then uh, we, you want a drone? I got a drone for you. And we're going to talk about drones and security. So there's so many drones that are going to be going on in this episode that um, you're going to think that like this is under surveillance or something, but it's not. It's just you listening to me in your dark room. All right, first, let's start with your sponsor. Uh, your sponsor, my sponsor for this week's episode and this season is LimkeyLockworks.com, the door expert south of the Green Bay area. Limkey Lockworks has been in the locksmith industry for 25 plus years. They work in residential, commercial, the installation of hollow metal doors, smart home, and access control. You can check them out. Follow them on Instagram at Limkey Lockworks. That's L-E-M-K-E Lockworks. And let them know that you heard of them here. And then uh, you'll be like besties. And I'll see you out at the movie theater. And you'll be like, oh my god, you introduced us. So anyways, let's get to some security chit-chat. So the Super Bowl led uh, my hometown team to take the crown this year. That's right, the Kansas City Chiefs. With that game at the Hard Rock Stadium, thousands of officers all coordinated together to enact one of the larger security implementations, really, of our time. So among possible threats, unmanned aerial vehicles or uh, systems, UAVs or UASs, are getting special attention by authorities because even consumer drones are considered potentially lethal weapons nowadays. The uh, and I'm not talking about Danny Glover. The Federal Aviation Administration, that's the FFA, FAA, you're going to hear a lot about them in this episode, has imposed a, quote, no drone zone, unquote, as part of this year's Super Bowl security measure. Now, Jorgen Arnaldo Ramos Taran was 46 of Weston, Florida, was charged with violating the Federal Aviation Administration's temporary flight restrictions set up to protect the public during Super Bowl 54 and the week leading up to the game. He told FBI that he wanted to capture images of the Super Bowl-related festivities in South Beach. If convicted, Ramos Terran could face up to one year in federal prison. Yeesh. It's a uh, different world now, so we will dive into today with the... Er, we will dive into today what the drone has become, uh, especially in the security industry. But I guess all in all, I just wanted to take note right at the head of this episode that if you are a hobbyist, well, don't go willy-nilly flying those ratchet drones just anywhere, you freaking kids. So uh, just pay attention to that. Now let's talk about a product highlight. With that uh, warning, I want to highlight a drone on this episode. Yeah, so we... Uh, 
are just all up in this drone business. Let's talk about a product highlight. And that's going to be the DJI Mavic Mini. Now, if you haven't heard of this drone, it is absolutely cannibalizing the drone industry when it comes to the hobbyists because they have taken a drone that is of excellent quality and they have knocked it down to a very nice price range. The compact yet powerful Mavic Mini is the perfect creative companion, capturing your moments in a way that effortlessly elevates the ordinary together with the easy to use DJI flying app on your phone, you'll enjoy a simplified flying experience in a perspective like any other. DJI has mastered the hobbyist drone and their upper models like the Mavic, the Mavic 2, Mavic 2 Pro, the Phantom 4 Pro are some of the most professional drones on the market. But uh, DJI did us a solid and they brought us all their expertise in drones to a price point of just $399. It's 249 grams. That's how much it weighs. So it's like almost, uh, it's a little less than, or almost as much as your phone. No, your phone weighs just a little less than this Mavic Mini. But the point is here, FAA has some regulations and restrictions, and when it comes to drones under 250 grams, um, they kind of go out the window. You you still have like cities saying that you can't fly here, you can fly here, but when it comes to FAA regulations of what you can fly for how long you can fly and some of those things, um, they kind of go out the window when you get under 250 grams and DJI was like, no problem. They dropped it at 249 grams. It pumps out HD video. It can be flown from your phone. It folds up to fit in your hand and even fit in your pocket and it feels just a tad heavier like I said than your smartphone with a whopping 30 minute flight time, there is really no other um, drone to compare it to when it comes to the consumer market. The market that brings this quality at this price just does not pump out a drone like DJI has. So I just can't imagine what it's going to do to the drone industry getting that much quality for that little of a price. And uh, go check it out today at DJI.com. Let's get into this episode's story. So in 2018, uh, in April, an article in the SDM mag um, titled, Is It Time, quote, Is It Time for Security Drones and Robots by Tim Scaly, or Scally, writes, uh, if you were to pull the security system integrations across the country, you would probably find few, if any, that are selling or promoting drones and robots as a solution or means of profit. Well, we should have been paying attention then because that is no longer the case. The party has started, and it is no time like the present that we all should be keeping an eye out to be getting involved with this because it's coming down the pipe and it's coming down the pipe fast. There are several areas in which drones have crept their way into security and we're going to highlight those here, but first, it wouldn't be Uncle Bear of me if I didn't reach back into history and just give you some little party nugget that you can drop and make people think that you're educated. So you're welcome. The first quadcopter flies two feet above the ground, and it was a rickety old jerry-rigged device in 1907 by the brothers Jacques and Louis Breguet. Now, 16 years after the Kitty Hawk, the Rustin Proctor aerial target became the first pilotless plane. And then in 1943, we're really like, 
jumping up the years here. So we start in 1907. We hit 16 years after the Kitty Hawk. Don't ask me that. And then in 1943, Germany says to hell with it. They strap a 2,300-pound bomb to a pilotless plane and deploys the first successful unmanned aircraft attack. <laughs> we wonderful species. In the 1960s, uh, there's kind of this breakthrough in technology and resistors, which led to radio controls becoming really popular. And the community and consumer market for RC-controlled model planes just boomed and then we roll up into the 2000s and in 2002 um roll it rolls around and a grieving america fosters a red-eyed cia that just starts attacking the middle east with drones and we get our first drone strike kill in 2002 now we thought we had killed osama bin laden in 2002 but it turns out it was an innocent man named Daraz khan who was just out to collect some scrap metal on a mountain with his buddies in the al-qaeda territory and he unfortunately was taller than his companions which meant he was bin laden so boom we killed him 2006 I graduate high school, that's completely unrelated, but the F, F or if the FAA gets involved with issuing the first drone permits. So these permits lifted some of the limitations placed on consumer drones flown for recreational purposes, and in doing so, it opened up new possibilities for companies or professionals who wanted to use drones in assorted business ventures like security to start using them. Now in 2010, we see the company Parrot if you don't know drones, Parrot is a um, pretty well-known drone manufacturer, released the first Wi-Fi drone to be driven by a mobile app. And we all remember um, in 2013 when Jeff Bezos announces Amazon using drones in their services. Everybody went buck wild. But in 2015, already one of the best drone makers on the market, DJI, once again, their Phantom 4 introduced smart computer vision and machine learning technology. This allowed it to avoid obstacles and intelligently track or photograph people, animals, or objects. So rather than being limited to following a GPS signal, it can now see things and um, not hit them or find things and follow them. The resulting UAV was a major milestone for drone photography and consumer drones in general. So now it's 2020 and the drones have become market affordable and shown a ton of advantages. Uh, they clearly have a groove in security. So I want to look at um, kind of three aspects where drones are entering into the security space. The first one is counter drone solutions. The second one is patrolling drones for perimeter security. And the third Third one is the future of drones in our security field. Now, we start with counter drone security. Kind of a tale as old as time, tech time that is. Counter drone security is probably one of the oldest and most popular ways in which drone technologies have been used in the security space, mostly because of its use in the military, where regulations are much more lenient. Uh, Kenneth Geyer, CEO of LightEye Systems, which is a technolo technology solutions provider and integrator of military and commercial counter unmanned air systems says in relation to one day realizing that light eyes tech that was being used by the US military to watch people in vehicles in Korea in 2013 had operators starting to detect things that were not showing up on the cameras he says that was about the same time that a North Korean drone hit the blue house which is the White House of South Korea and we started realizing the potential of what this technology could do in war zones um, so 
that's huge. And um, counter drone security kind of was being birthed at that time. That was a major uh, shift and and component for it to really be driven by light eyes systems. Like many counter drone offerings, light eyes systems is adaptable with multiple capabilities, allowing the operator to detect, track, and defend against uh, UAVs or UASs. The biggest challenge is that in the military, they can use all of these capabilities, but in a commercial space right now, there are regulations that prevent us from using different types of capabilities, Greyer says. The, uh, Geyer, G-E-Y-E-R, for those of you who wanted to know. This is where counter-drone security comes to a halt when you are in the commercial private sector. See, state and federal regulations, they kind of dodge, dive, dip, duck, and dodge, making it impossible to ever expect to have a product or implementation that is universal across the nation because of these FAA rules and because of state rules and how those all are, you know, interworking and moving, kind of moving like waves over the ocean. Sometimes they're, you know, more strict. Some places they're not more strict. So companies can provide security in a way of being able to detect, to track, and identify drone threats. But there are limitations when it comes into the commercial setting of actually defending against a UAS attack. So those limitations shouldn't really thwart you, though, from considering being an active player in the drone space if you own your own security company or if you have a lot of pull in the security company you work for. But Geyer stresses that whatever size your security company is, you should offer solutions for your customers to help mitigate their threats against drones. So if a company can't afford a system to mitigate the drone threat, they should at least being they should at least be being discussed the threats should be being discussed in threat assessments or in business continuity plans about if a drone is sighted what will the company do uh Geyer states a drone is a toy but it's also a very useful toy uh and a tool for many different things in different industries so we have to protect those capabilities but at the same time not infringe on an authorized company doing maintenance or doing inspections with a drone and that is kind of a good statement to show you the gray spot that we're in when drones come into the security realm and just the drone security or I'm sorry the drone industry as a whole so drones are used for a mass amount of things from the agriculture side of industry to mechanical industry to the oil industry um drones are finding their place in pretty much every serious industry of how they can help and um and how they can provide these things, but at the same time, it's just as easy for a consumer to get a drone in their hand, and it is, it, it's hard to catch somebody who has a drone in the sky that is meant for an attack or a threat and to figure out where they are, um, and that's kind of where counter-drone security comes into place. Technology like Light Eye, and um, there's a couple more out there, they provide companies with the ability to, you know, be reading signals, be being able to find or locate um, the people flying the drone or just to shut the drone down. But at the same time, they can't really just defend from it, like shoot it out of the sky where they've been able to do that in a military setting because the FAA rules don't really extend beyond our borders. So where our military is and what our military is doing, they're kind of allowed just to, you know, 
take that drone out with a with a drone gun or something of that nature. Um, all in all, there are a lot of cogs spinning in this machine, and really if you decide one cog is more dangerous and should be removed, you can topple the whole machine, which in the end would be severely worse for our economy and our growth of technology. See, this is a microcosm picture of what security is here to do for every industry and every threat. One aspect of a thing may be dangerous, but that is where security is needed to mitigate and reduce that risk so as not to topple an entire industry and the growth of our world or our future due to the fear of one aspect. When it comes to any industry, when we're putting access control in or you know, you have AI or um, you have big data, these sorts of things that um, just because there are dangers out there, security's job is to go out there and mitigate and reduce the risk of those dangers so that you don't just remove it completely and then take the entire machine with it, whatever that machine be. So that kind of brings us to um, how. So I want to talk about a major um, aspect to which drones are coming into the security industry in full force, and that's patrolling drones and perimeter security. So unmanned systems are on the rise. Tech-wise, it's a fantastic thing when you don't eliminate the need for a person to have a job but you can take them out of the tiring or dangerous equation. For instance, perimeter security, relying on AI, which we've discussed in this season, and keeping a guard fresh is a triple whammy when it comes to drones and what they are providing for our industry. So Percepto, one um, one of the first companies to offer drones for surveillance purposes, puts out their drone-in-a-box solution. It is a fully autonomous drone that you can control through a command system. Utilizing computer vision and machine learning, the drone in a box, that's what they've coined it as, drone-in-a-box, drone in a box serves as a flying video camera giving security teams eyes in the skies. Now, the VP of marketing, Illy Gruber, states that the regulations are in many ways the most significant barrier today and prevent this technology from becoming a commodity that's used by everybody. We've been in the business for five years now and have offered the drone in a box for two. So we've been working on molding the regulations in different countries, even with the FAA on a daily basis. But all in all, there is a very clear path today on how to get a waiver with the FAA so that you can implement drones in this um, perimeter security type of atmosphere. While these regulations may be a hindrance or a hurdle, it you know it is a it is good um, to you know not slow the flow into the market due to the regulation or to slow the flow due to the regulations in place, that that might actually be a good thing for the growth of drone security as a whole. See, the key is to balance it from not allowing the industry to go full throttle. Everybody gets a drone. Every company gets a drone. Every strip mall gets a drone. And then just burn it out. And, uh, you know, regulations either squash it or it just becomes unmanageable. But also not stunting the growth of the industry by those regulations being too heavy in the beginning and it not even becoming a possibility of what the drone could do to help security. So it is good that those hurdles are there, and it's also good that people in the drone um, market are saying, but all in all, there's a very clear path on how this can get done. 
perimeter security is a wonderful in um, to introducing drones into security because with the ease of AI, you can now turn a drone into a real asset. From having pre-planned flight paths, like with an Avigilon level attached camera to the drone, being able to use all sorts of analytics to alert and alarm unusual activity, even being able to send a drone out where when a stationary camera caught something. See, there are times when it's just a blip on the radar or a quick alert that might go away or that might appear and then show nothing or, um, you know, prove to not be anything from the sight line of the camera that alerted you or the door contact or whatever it is. And, um, you know, maybe the door was held too long because somebody dropped their keys or maybe it was an intruder slipping in quick. Well, send a drone. Go find out what, without tiring a guard or taking a guard off of your command center. And, that right there could be the major asset and could be a very real thing that you are offering or seeing offered in the very near future because that really improves your guard capabilities and your site's security capabilities to be like, well, send a drone. Go look. Is there anything out there? Okay, cool. Bring it back. And so um, while the interest is there and it's getting warm, I want to talk about kind of bringing us to our final topic, which is the future of drones. So while that interest is there, Now, we aren't quite to a boil yet, okay? And it definitely isn't the norm to have drones on the table when designing a security system. Many technologies such as uh, advanced electric batteries start like that, start in military markets and move to commercial markets, says David um, Kresh, VP of Unmanned Aerial System Tech for FLIR Systems out of Oregon. Today, the vast majority of drones FLIR manufacturers um, are sold to military markets, partly because they have the need for the most advanced technologies and partly because they aren't restricted by the FAA. But at the Fortune 500 companies, lower airspace has never been a part of the security system. They never had to take into consideration. For years and years, there wasn't anything in the sky, and now there is. Susan Friedberg, communications manager at Drone, says that this is an escalating threat, so drones are going nowhere. Drones are here to stay. We're at the beginning of a market of understanding what drones can actually do, and we're at the very, very beginning of this market. So drone, let me, let me just say this to kind of cap it all off. Look, drones provide a threat. Drones also provide a solution. And the roller coaster is right about to crest the first hill of where we see drones in our security sites. So I would just get your eyes tuned to it and um, start thinking about where that is. Start looking for it and make sure that you're on top of the ball when it comes all rolling downhill. That's it for security today. So this week's shout out is going to go to Cascade Tech USA at Cascade Tech USA. Cascade Technologies is a managed service provider. They give IT consulting and they do disaster recovery when it comes to your network. I had the chance to get hooked up with Kramer who owns um, and he's the founder of Cascade Tech through Low Voltage Nation and uh let me tell you, he is top-notch when it comes to his craft. With years of experience, he has the capability and expertise to take your business to the next level, from active ransomware protection to network management to structured cabling. It doesn't matter where you are. Cascade Technologies is who you should be reaching out to. So follow him right now at Cascade Tech USA on Instagram and let him know that you heard of him here. Simply click the message button on his Instagram page and type, Hey, I heard of your company from Security Today's podcast, and I gave you a follow. Love your stuff. Okay, bye. And then you will chuckle, he will chuckle, I'll chuckle, and we'll just be a 
bunch of chuckling coconuts. Look, I hope that you're blaring this podcast while your windows are down. Please, please, please hit the subscribe button and then tell all of your buddies to subscribe also. Look, the guys that you're working with, your boss, whoever it is, they want to listen to this stuff too because people want to know and people want to grow. And that's exactly why you're here. That's exactly why you know what you know and you're trying to just, you know, take in those 10,000 hours and become a master of your craft. So tell your friends, tell your wife, and tell your mama. They probably won't listen, but they would love to hear it from you. And then go over to Instagram and subscribe to Security Day. I'm sorry, at Security Today Podcast. Follow me at Uncle Bear B A E R underscore. Now, while you're at it, you can follow at Low Voltage Nation. You heard me mention them. They're on Instagram. Inquire with them about how to get involved with the greater community. And then after that, you can listen to Low Voltage Nation's podcast by typing in Low Voltage Nation to your podcast platform and then subscribe to them. See, this community will not build itself. I've met so many solid techs, so many solid security people in this industry due to Low Voltage Nation. So you need to give them a follow and start reaching out and start giving what you can. Look, all resources for this show are in the show notes. I'm Uncle Bear, and I will see you next time on Security Today. Oh, yo, boy, they call me One Take Drake. <laughs> I did that in one take.